Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today's episode is going to be a little short. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to talk about uh, that's not been tried over before. Um, but I do want to, okay, I'm going to let you know what, I'm, what decision I made about Rocky Raccoon this weekend. Um, that is this Saturday. Um, last week, I decided that I don't want to go out and injure myself. Um, I mean, I think if it's a mental thing, you know, that's one kind of DNF, but I don't want to go out there and DNF and hurt myself, you know, in the future for future races and whatnot. So I'm trying to play it safe. I'm a little frustrated with myself, to be perfectly honest, because I seem to be dropping back from distances once I sign up for them. And it's kind of a bummer, but you know, some of it's just, uh, some of it's, you know, pseudo injury stuff. Some of it's just didn't train well. Um, yeah. So, it, and it's just, you know, life gets in the way. And so, I mean, I guess it's just one of those things, but it just kind of makes me feel bad. And I decided that I didn't want to really hurt myself because I have sunk a, a decent amount of money into the race at the end of May, the Sugar Badger, which is in Wisconsin, and that'll be the first time I've ever traveled out of state to go to a trail race. And so I, I really want to make sure that I'm in fighting shape, <laughs> God willing, um, for that 50K. So, um, and also because I've got big plans for later in the year. So we will we will cross that bridge when we get there. So anyway, um, and then also update on my friend Louisa. Um, she got her cast taken off today and uh, has a very lovely scar. I saw some photos on Facebook. Um, but it looks like she's going to be in an air cast for a little while. But things are healing up really well. And um, she's in really good spirits. And that made me feel pretty happy because I, I want to make sure that, you know, she's back on those trails as soon as she possibly can. And uh so that kind of uplifted me a little bit uh, today when I found that out. And um, yeah, outside of that, not much going on this, this past week in running. This week in running. Um, I was trying to go to um, Madrone, um, this, this trail um, outside of New Braunfels on Saturday. And for whatever reason, I was just, it was taking me too long to get out of the house. And it's like about an hour away. And so I, I didn't make it to that trail run, which was sort of a drag, but I... Uh, ended up at a really cool park called Medina State Natural. No, it's not. It's called Medina River Natural Area. That's it. And um, it's a little south of downtown and um, actually not too far from where I work. And uh, kind of a shortish trails, not nothing, you know, super long or anything like that. But um, very beautiful scenery. They have a really nice <laughs> Medina River. Uh, and the water is really pretty. It's almost kind of like green. And there's a lot of... Um, cypress trees. Uh, I did not see any cypress knees, but uh, yeah, it's a really, really pretty park and it has some paved sections and I was hoping to get some miles on that, but um, a pretty good section of that part of the paved trail was closed and I'm not sure why. And I was, you know, I ran a little bit on the, uh, what do you call it? The, the regular trails, the soil trails. Um, <laughs> And even though it was like the beginning of February, um, I was still I still get a little freaked out when I see these signs at um, parks around here where, where they have pictures of snakes and apparently water moccasins are 
uh, prevalent at this particular uh, area. And so I was just like, oh, God, you know, even though it's February, I really don't want to encounter water moccasin because growing up in Ohio, th- that was a pretty uh, common sort of snake. And, um, and, and again, I'm terrified of snakes. So <laughs> it was kind of like, okay, I just got to get out of it. I, I don't want to do this. It was just making me too nervous. And um, but it was fun. I mean, I did that. And then yesterday I went over to my old standby McAllister Park and um, knock wood, you know, that was actually <laughs> my computer. But anyway, knock metal. Uh, haven't fallen in about two and a half months. So <laughs> trying to save my I pray that I don't fall at Rocky because it is very rooty there. And um, yeah, I do not you know, it's not like someone goes into everything hoping that they, they will fall. But, um, yeah. And I remember the last time I was out there, I probably brought this up before, but I remember the last time I did the 50K out there at Rocky, um, I fell pretty early in the race, which I was kind of glad to get it out of the way. We were all kind of, because everybody falls at this race, it seems like. And so um, <laughs> I was going through this one section. There's this one guy and his friend, and they were behind me, and I heard this big thump and turned around the guy had fallen and you know helped him up and then like not even 30 seconds after he got straightened up he fell again <laughs> it was like i just wondered how many times that guy fell that day because oof man oh it's kind of rough doing it twice in a row like that but uh anyway so so today i want to i'm gonna go back in my time machine a little bit this is from about oh, god is it that long ago six years ago my god 2014 that seems like it was just last week um but yeah this was our this was um again when i lived in the valley um and this is about being a samaritan and um you just have to sometimes you just have to decide what is more important to you so anyway let's get started Sometimes you run a race because you can. Sometimes you run a waste, run a race to win. Let's see if I can say that three times real fast. And then sometimes you decide that there are more important things than finishing a race within a specific time. And on that Saturday night, it was the second in a series of three 10K nighttime summer races. This was held at Mission Hike and Bike. And um, they don't do this anymore. I think the park officials say it's a you know too much of a liability to have people running around in the dark but whatever but anyway this was like one of my favorite um things to do were these 10ks at night um it's about the only way you'll get me to do anything all night quite honestly is if it involves a trail race or you know running of some sort or you know being at an aid station and uh yeah because otherwise i conk out kind of early but anyway so at this race the start was typical everybody was clopping down the asphalt paved path with their trail shoes until the turn off a half mile later onto the dirt trail. And I was playing it conservatively because I had a 30K trail race um, the following weekend and, and it was out of town and I certainly didn't want to jeopardize that. So anyway, the group thinned out uh, over the 6.2 mile course and then we settled into mini packs. And my friend Carly and I we were playing leapfrog for a while and chatting as one of us passed the other. And then soon we happened upon her friend Louisa, mm-hmm, uh, who after an impressive and fast start was starting to feel the heat and humidity affecting her. So we all stayed together. Yeah, Louisa, Louisa gets really affected by the heat and humidity, even more so than me. And uh, yeah, so she, Louisa's 
pretty fast at the beginning of races uh, a lot of times, and she used to kill me at 5Ks. <laughs> but um, she probably still could, well, after the ankle heals. Anyway, so we had this uh, new woman in our group, Ruby, and she was hanging with us, and we were all, you know, kind of running and talking about our jobs and trail running and her going back to school, blah, blah, blah. And then we heard a thump just ahead. Somebody was down. So we sped up to see if the runner was okay. And it was a young guy, tall with glasses, and he was covered in dirt. His name is Jonathan. And we helped him up and poured water on his hands and knees. There's no blood, so he was okay. Was this your first trail fall, I asked? It was. And I laughed, and I said, you always remember your first trail fall. And we all reminisced about ours. And I do remember my first trail fall. I was, like, triumphant about it. <laughs> it was at um, Reveille Peak Ranch. I was doing the 10K, and this was probably back in 2012. And I was getting near the end of the race and just, you know, boom, wiped out right on the trail. And uh, But I was really happy that I finally had my first trail fall. <laughs> of course, now I can be running on flat surface and, you know, tumble, and ugh, it's really bad. It's like one thing I have to say that lately I've been really trying to work harder on my core so that way – you know, I can hang on to myself before I bail uh, or, you know, wipe out. And, uh, yeah, because I, for a while I was teaching Pilates classes just as an aside. And I do think that had um, a, a positive impact on me in terms of not falling as much. So I'm trying to get back to that. Anyway, I digress. So then we laughed it off, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a few minutes later, our young runner was down again. And this time it was more serious. He said he twisted his ankle and he was hurting. And he took off his shoe and I momentarily elevated his foot so it wouldn't swell. And then he rested his foot on top of his shoe. Probably the big mistake and what I learned with Luis's case as an aside is that you should not take the person's shoe off because... Um, I'm not really sure why, but that's what one of the medical guys said, and he was glad that she hadn't removed her shoe. But for whatever reason, whatever basic first aid training I have, I always remember you got to elevate whatever is hurt. So, <laughs> yay. Um, anyway, he uh, – so Carly, let's put it that way, uh, Carly got on the phone to Danny, who was at the last aid station where we passed, and Louisa got a hold of David, one of the race directors, and Jesse – um, also a race director, and they were closer, and they said that they'd meet us at the levee nearby. And then just then, Hobby passed through, and he stopped immediately and joined our trail triage team. Hobby's a big guy, so he offered to let Jonathan lean on him as Jonathan put his arm around his neck. And I got on the other side, a good half foot shorter and considerably lighter than the guys, and crouched down so Jonathan could sling his other arm around my neck. And the three of us crept along the trail, occasionally stepping aside for others to pass. And I noticed a few people were covered in dirt, signaling that the trail plays no favorites when it's your turn to fall. And as we hobbled along, I tried distracting Jonathan with talk about his age, where he works, and if he had a roommate. And he said he didn't. Um, he, I was worried about him being alone and hurt, and I asked if his parents lived nearby. They did. You might want to stay at your parents tonight, I told him. Moms love to help their kids. Not that I have kids, but I just know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, the last part of the trek was uphill. Mercifully, none of us slipped when we got him out of the woods in one piece. David, Jesse, and Danny 
rode up in Jesse's Jeep, and we handed off the patient to the guys and got back to finishing the last 1.6 miles. And by now, so much time had elapsed, it probably took about 15, 20 minutes to help our injured friend, that we all gave up on a good finishing time. But we kept at it and got it done. But here's the thing. It felt really good to have helped somebody. There's a difference between trail runners and street runners. We will stop and help you instead of letting you fend for yourself. And there's nothing worse than being hurt and alone on a dark trail. And there's a story I remember hearing from Joe Prusatis, who's the uh, founder of Tejas Trails. And I remember him saying that there was a trail race. This guy was, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was setting a course record and it was at like a state park or something like that. And, you know, he was doing great. He was going to, you know, PR and, you know, set a course record, all these wonderful things. But then he saw this uh, loose dog running around and this woman was trying to, to get her dog. And so he stopped what he was doing and picked up the dog and carried it back to the lady and then went on his way. And that's just, that's exactly what trail runners do. You know, we, we really are kind. I'm not trying to say that road runners are selfish pigs, but you don't see the same kind of compassion or whatnot, I think, as you do on the trail. And I think a lot of that has to do with, you know, you're alone, you're in the woods. It's, you know, it's just a different kind of feeling. And, you know, and I think at a road race, you've got all kinds of people around. And so, you know, there's that sense that things are going better, you know, or things are going to be okay. You don't need to worry about that person that somebody else will take care of it. You know, there's that kind of mentality. But anyway, so the next afternoon, Jonathan posted um, a thank you message um, for us uh, on our group's Facebook page. Big thank you to the runners that helped me last night after I sprained my ankle around mile four. You guys are the best. I'm sorry, but I didn't remember all the names. So for the moment, um, I just didn't catch them. And again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I remember, <laughs> I remember someone told me, no runner is left behind. Thanks, guys. And that felt really good to see. Yeah, the no runner left behind is definitely one of my legacies I left uh, uh, on my trail running friends in the Rio Grande Valley because, you know, as I've said in a much earlier podcast, uh, the first time I ran with the group out at Mission Hike and Bike, and I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know my way around, and everybody just sort of took off, and it was just like this huge fast pack, and I got lost. And, um, and after that, I kind of instituted a rule where no runner would be left behind um, that, you know, you go and look for, for people. You don't just let people go out there and, and, you know, it's not like you're on a busy street or something, you know, so it's not like you look for landmarks particularly, especially if you don't know your way around. So anyway, I just thought this was a pretty good story and I wanted to share it with you um, for this week. Um, so next week's episode, um, will probably be my race report from Rocky, God willing. And um, she doesn't even know this yet, but I'm planning to interview Louisa here in the next couple of weeks. Um, One thing I want to do this year is just intersperse um, some interviews with masters athletes or masters trail runners. And um, because it is a sport where there are some advantages when you're older, Uh, And by older, I mean over 50, which is definitely where I'm, (laughs) my age group. And and you're all going to get there someday, people. So just suck it up. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, for me, like when I first turned, you know, 50, it was, it was kind of great because I was running these races and there was hardly anybody my age out there. So I was like placing a lot. And so um, that was sort of entertaining. And I remember last year at a race, I think I was just doing like a four mile one at Pandora's Box of Rocks because I was doing an aid station there. But anyway, I did this, this four mile race and I saw these two ladies ahead of me and they looked to be, you know, master's age and there it was their first trail race and um they were really nice and everything but they were faster and so I, but i just kind of got this in my head i'm like you know what i'm gonna try to get ahead of them and thank god they made the you know mistake i guess of stopping at the aid station i mean for a four-mile race really um but they didn't know the difference they just <laughs> you know whatever and so i pulled ahead and i got first in masters on that so it's kind of cool so i think we face some unique um experiences first of all and secondly just things start changing a little bit when you get older and you know you're not as fast as you used to be and you know you're more injury prone but i also find that that older athletes tend to uh, have a little bit more endurance than the younger ones. So we may not be fast, but we can be out there all day um, <laughs> for good or bad. So, yeah, so that's that's my plan. And um, I'm still just trying to figure out how to how to do the recording um, with my phone. And um, so that gives me a couple weeks to get that figured out. So that's all I've got for now. I'll see you next time.